You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. If you have an opinion about what you have heard and want to share it, uh, drop a review on iTunes. We don't have very many, and we would actually like to hear some. So, uh, good, bad, or indifferent, even if you just want, you know, want to tell us a story. We have no idea if we're any good or not. Yeah. Uh, help us find out, will you? Oh, 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 I totally for almost just completely forgot about it till you dropped that joke just now, Kevin. We have uh, there's all kinds of news. I was um no 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 before we get into that, in this part I just real quick, um I was at Wheatsville shopping earlier today, which for those of you Wheatsville that, Co-op. Wheatsville Co-op. Which is an Austin uh crunchy grocery store. Right, yeah. It's I'm the a hippie grocery store. I'm, yes. I, I'm an owner of the co-op. Oh, yes. and, um, the presence of greatness. Me me and seventy thousand other people. <laughs> right. And uh, so I was shopping at the co-op today. And um, the the guy that was like, who was my cashier, um, was telling lots of jokes to the dude that was in line in front of me, and I I wasn't like listening to any of the jokes, but then I tuned in to hear him say the last one, um, which was he goes, um, why did the hipster eat a steak even though he was a vegan? I don't know. Because he needed more irony in his diet. Oh, good God. <laughs> and I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to tell that joke on the show tonight because I'm going to fucking out Kevin Kevin. <laughs> well, you know, you know how the hipster burned his mouth, don't you? No. Pizza ate his food before it was cool. <laughs> See, that's a much funnier joke. That is, that's a really good joke. Yeah. Oh, good God. All right. I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Kevin. And I'm Mark. Somebody likes it. Hey, so lots of uh, lots of well. First of all, it's been a little bit since we've gotten back together. It nice has. to see you guys. Everybody looks taller. Uh, uh, baseball intervened. Yes, it worked out well. It did. But um, but that said, uh, that has given crazy a little time to ferment and germinate, as it were. Um, let's start with the fact that uh, Diddy has changed his name to Love. But then but, he claimed that he was kidding. I don't know. I, I still it, like. I, well, the, no, he did like a selfie video on a beach, <laughs> saying that he was no longer. He was no longer going to answer to any of his yeah, monikers. Puff is he, or is I will not be. Is he just PD. love or is it P love? Well, here's, what, here's love. what we got. Here's, here's what we got. Here's the, the direct quote is: "I will not be answering to Puffy, Diddy, Puff Daddy, any of my other monikers, but love or brother love." So you can also sign his checks, uh, brother love. Okay, good. Or B love. <laughs> I, I, he's like on a B. I feel like maybe he like like drops ecstasy. It's like a paw print. Seriously, like, like, I don't know. He, he took, thought this was a really good idea. He, he like took some ecstasy and he was like, "What?" But then, okay, so then he the, then he claimed he walked that back uh, like a day or so later, um, saying that he was he was just kidding. But um, he's like, you can just call me all those names. <laughs> I didn't see anything <laughs> other than like that. A, like a high concept joke, I guess. Like it does say that a uh, day ago on Sky News that he backtracked on his latest new name, Brother Love. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's news. So he had like a trusted publicist who was like, dude. Dude, well, I I just thought, I mean, yeah, probably. I thought that basically 
you know, since now his whole life, he's like a billionaire and he's high society. Like he just pretty much has only been going by Sean Combs, you know, for at least 10 years. You got to figure his, his close family and whatnot calls him Sean. Uh, right. Well, if you even see him in the news, they don't say, you know, like, you know, it used to be Diddy. So I wonder if they call him daddy and he'd like get mad. <laughs> because he's no longer answering to that moniker. Yeah. Yeah. It's brother love to you, children. <laughs> um, okay. And the other news, and I'm just going to – I'm either getting out in front of this or I'm bringing it up because Shane won't. But Morrissey has canceled another show. Uh, oh, yeah. Like yeah. in LA or something? No yeah. way. And the, because- I learned all kinds – there's all kinds of weird uh, shenanigans on the side of this. One is – his next show is in L.A. This one was in, like, Paso Robles or some some. I think it was Paso Robles. Yeah. But anyway, so that one, there are some hot takes from people who are really pissed because that show was, like, the people were at the show when that show got canceled. Yeah. He, he get canceled ahead he, of time. He canceled it because he said it was cold. too cold. It was too cold. Couldn't, it was in couldn't the, be bothered. Well, like that's the bad for Princess throat. Morrissey. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I stopped even trying to go to that fucker's show. It's like, have yeah. you seen – well, so let me give this. Can I give the sidebar? Yes, you, please. If you want to tell your story first? No, 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 no. Okay. So the so the quick the two sidebars. One is his next show is in L.A. and the mayor of L.A. who is, um, Garcetti. I think he might be might have been. I don't know that this is true, but I, that name rings a bell. I wonder if he was one Did part Gil of Gil Garcetti. Um. Yeah, it might have been Gil Garcetti. That was the guy have, who was like the D.A. during the O.J. Right. Anyway, there's a Garcetti who is now uh, mayor of Los Angeles. That would be a weird coincidence. Anyway, and they made November 10th like like Maz Day in uh, in L.A. and put out this proclamation about how great he is. And I was like, really? I was like, he might still cancel. Like that's the way that that guy he might operates. cancel Maz Day. Actually, well, yeah. So there's so there's that. There's that little like that's that's L.A. being L.A. And then the other thing was. Uh, and I thought this was particularly interesting. I actually – somebody counted the number of shows that he's canceled since 2002. Does anybody want to just hazard a guess at that number? Because I was I'm out of surprised. more than two. Out of I'm how many say, shows? Oh, I don't – I have no – they didn't give a percentage. They I'm going to say gave it's an overall, north of 100. Shane? He, I know it's way north of that because he canceled two in Austin in, in between 2003 and 2004. 124. Yeah. One hundred and twenty-four shows. So, anyway. Oh, and he but, canceled one in Austin when I tried to go see him in high school. So, if you want to go back a little bit further than that, um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it just it struck me as I mean, you would think like I mean, it's kind of the opposite of like you know David Bowie sold shares on the future albums that he might put out. Like it seems like. You're kind of playing the market anytime you go buy a ticket to a Morrissey That's show. That's true. You know, I'm Except a big... there's really no return there. Well, only if you see the show and then it's – yeah, right, exactly. I was watching his video. You know, I was almost going to bring it up today on a few minutes with – but I didn't want to totally torment Kev. But it's a, it's, a good, it's a good watch. It's his new single, and I believe it's, it's like um, I stayed in bed all day. And it starts out in the video – where he's being wheeled in, like through all these hallways in a wheelchair, no sound, and then he get, then the band starts, and he gets wheeled in and deposited on another chair that's that doesn't roll around, and then he sings the whole song, proceeded to be seated in that chair. Um, there's no explanation ever given, and um, 
That sort of explains itself, doesn't it? You know, like. No, I know, but I mean, there's no explanation. Like I why, had to why. do a video, so you guys just prop me up. And no, but I mean, it goes yeah. on for it goes on for like 30 seconds when he's getting wheeled around these hallways, like with squeaky. You know, I I I don't know if he had hurt himself or something, but I liken it to like when he used to just randomly wear a hearing aid back in the Smiths for no reason. <laughs> you're you're like 28. Like, you know, Peter Buck <laughs> wore like, pajamas for an entire year. Uh, Peter Buck from REM, just yeah, for whatever reason, like. Hey, if um, he can. That was his, like, Hugh Hefner. I get that was, yeah. He, he, was, he was probably between marriages. I know he was divorced at some point, so he just was like, <laughs> fuck Sounds it. like the shit you do between marriages. And you're really fa- in a member of a really famous band. Um, oh, I got to say about that Morrissey song, though. The, the music was so great when it started out, and I had such high hopes, and then he started singing. And that says something as coming from a Morrissey fan. Like, his voice sounds amazing. But man, is he sincerely phoning his lyrics in these days? Coasting a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Can I, can I just say something real quick? You know, sure. it's not coasting. Mark's marvelous mustache. Oh yeah, and I it's was not. It's not a porn stash. It's a Sergeant Pepper stash. No, it's I, like Mark's going to be making craft cocktails before the evening. Actually, that's right. Made one. <laughs> yeah, I've like, already made is. I actually saw your mustache through the window when I when you when you came in and I and I got here and I was I meant to say how impressed I was with it. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Yeah, so let's let's get to the item at hand. So uh, anyway, good to see you guys again. Uh, today we're going to be talking about um, we're going to be talking about the band Wand, led by a guy named Corey Hansen out of L.A. And uh, he cut his teeth uh, backing Michael Cronin and Ty Siegel, and you can and and apparently the first couple of albums that that they put out were really sort of, you know, kind of paced the same way. Like that whole like we got to put out as many albums as we can as well, quickly. Yeah, it was as put out like two like, a year. I, I would I dug up a, a little bit of um, info on this project, and and apparently, yeah, they they were putting out something like every six months, and it was a lot more like garagey because mm. it was not garagey. I uh, went back and oh, listened I don't to know. it. Uh, Shane says no on the garagey. It it sounds like like heavy metal. It's com- We'll listen to one of those songs. Well, I feel point. I feel like if you like, collaborate with Ty, do we know if it's Siegel or Seagal? Either way, I don't um, know. If you collaborate with that guy, you're just going to get affixed the garage moniker. Yeah, it does not sound anything like him. And at I don't all. think this record sounds garage. Well, either. and I I do think that 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 for whatever reason, and I haven't read even when we covered um, Meta- the Ty Siegel record Metamorphosis a year or two ago. I don't recall uh, him talking about, like, essentially, like, why he why he works the way that he does. I mean, one of the things that pops up, like, every so often, even if we're not, we're not talking about that scene or any of those artists, is like, Shane, I think you came in here one day and said, like, that you had had a conversation with somebody at a bar about, like, does, does Ty Siegel put out music too often or not no, often No, that, that was me. Was that I was you? Talking, I was talking yeah. to Bill Davis. Yeah, okay. Well, then, all, you know. Yeah, might as well. It's all six one. I don't remember that conversation, but that is an you were, odd. You were there. I ran. I ran to him randomly. But that's a weird. I mean, I can't even imagine. Bill Davis is Bill a Davis friend listening of to Ty Siegel. Some of the people on this show. So anyway, yeah, and another musician. But but anyway, yeah, and I think it's a like that is a that's the chicken and egg conversation about that scene. But the thing that that I have come across over and over again, not in just listening to the record, but then also reading some accounts of it, is that. Um, this album in particular was 
at least in terms of its creation, was a departure from the way that some of the others in that scene have been put together. So, anyway. Well, apparently uh, they took, like, and we're talking about uh, Plum, I guess. The yes, name the, of the, record. The, the, yeah, this release dropped uh, September 22nd of this year, so it hasn't been out for very long as of the time that we're recording. So we take the like the little snow globe of that L.A. garage rock scene, right? And so Ty Siegel and Michael Cronin work together a lot. They each have their own. You can tell a Michael Cronin song from a Ty Siegel song, but you can also tell that there are some inherent similarities and a lot of overlap. And I get the impression, and Shane, I definitely want to get your take, because I didn't go back and listen to the, a lot of the older stuff, um, if, the, if Corey Hansen's work was like that. Um, but, the, but the impression that I got, on this particular album was that a there are new there are a couple of new band members including um, a female vocalist which they had not had before and then beyond that a lot of the songs were written collaboratively so instead of it being sort of the Corey Hansen show and everybody else kind of you know filling a role under that umbrella uh, it was they're more of a band this time out and it took they took two years to put it together which is a lot longer than they had been gestating yeah so it sounds like there's uh, I mean, having not gone back uh, and listened to the older stuff, but it sounds like there's a little bit more variation. The songs are more finished. Um, yeah, the songs are way better. I'm just going to say this real quick. I'm going to interject. This is, these are, this is how I feel about this album, Kevin, is that knowing how big of an Astros fan you are and watching the Astros win the World Series um, last week, boy, you you just encountered a lot of home runs lately, haven't you? Oh, see? Right. I mean, a couple. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, really sweet. This album is, it's in, this is in my like top five best albums, I think, that, that well, we listen to. Well, it's funny, too, because there is, and I don't, and it, like, I, I say it's this. the best albums on the show that we've reviewed, not um, in the world. Well, it's, it's cool to hear you say that. Like, and I've really enjoyed it, too. But, uh, and Ryan, I want to get your take and Mark, your take as well. Um, there's, there's one of these tracks in particular that I thought the vocal the vocal composition or the vocal styling on that particular track is a little similar to the way that you phrase in when you sing. And I was like, I did, I wasn't listening for it. I was like, Oh, that's a little shiny. I was like, what the, what the hey? Yeah. So anyway, um, that's what we'll call you from now. A little shiny. Little, little shiny. <laughs> that's, that's your rap name. <laughs> that's your, that's a your little shiny. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to have to get a, like some kind of like, like instead of getting a grill, it'll be like wax teeth or something. Yeah, he's nice. Bogart Mark's mustache and yeah, it's good. Let's go to different Duray. Yeah, yeah. Accepting the there's a. I wish they wouldn't jam quite as much. Um and and the last song, the last had, couple, the last couple tracks are a little. I, I actually like the last, the second to last song quite a bit, but that last song just take the scissors to it, um, in my opinion. But other than that, um, I fucking love this album but i will tell you real quick um so i'd read a couple of reviews and then I, and, and then i looked at um oh what is it um the internet oh shut up there <laughs> were there was a review by all music and um i i've had zero patience for these reviewers on the site for a long long time basically it's like dudes that they don't pay that um it's just their like Opinions as music listeners, it's not like actually reviewing. So right. I read. I always thought all music was just. Like, oh, all music is that it's like encyclopedia of it, fans. I'll show you. They have reviews too. We'll, we'll read this because I want. I want to read this guy's review. Um, but basically, the guy was saying he was like, 
Well, now they just sound like indie rock. And um, they should get their pedal. I swear to God, he's like, this isn't too far away from what Wilco did. And like, okay, you disgruntled employee. Like, you're not saying anything about their actual fucking music. Like, so I went back and I was like, well, because he was like, well, they need to be get back and be like, um, like a superlative psych rock band with elements of metal that they had before rather than this middle-of-the-road indie rock. Ba- I just – it's just completely – It's just a guy who was a fan of the old stuff. Right, And they yeah. changed up a little bit, and now he's pissed. But, but he, that's exactly what it is. But and he pretty much says it. I read that piece too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to read some of it. It is – the writing is so bad. Um, and all, not only that, but it's complete – like he has three paragraphs in it, I believe – and he basically says the exact same thing in every paragraph, including name-dropping Wilco multiple times in the review. Um, like, hey, got it, pal. Yeah. No, I got it, dude. You you liked what they did. So I went um, and listened to their first record, Gollum. Um, and boy, is it different. And I think it, if we don't put it on the air here, at least – in one of our breaks, I would really like it if you guys listened to just a little bit and hear how I could understand why you, I could understand why if this dude really liked this band and then this band version two came out, like how you would not like that band. But having said that, it's not a, you know it's supposed to be completely just all about him. And well, know. let's let's do this. Why don't we play a track and then when we come back on the other side, um, within the context of playing or talking about. Whatever it is we're about to hear, Ryan, I want to get your take as well. Faux show. Sure. Um, let's do let's do the title track. Why don't we start with Plum? Like a like an Amazon wish list for like the tracks that would come on anytime that you walked into a room, like that that would I'd push that one up to my the top of my current list. Like I just really get a kick out of that track. Um, not a lot of narrative going on in that uh, video. No, it's but just like when did Andy Warhol start making nature documentaries <laughs> <laughs> that are also well, well also the word like it felt it felt like the the lyrics themselves like basically he wrote them in like a one pass when he was tripping on acid. I well, can see that. Well, and and I want to make one last comment, and then I want to ask Ryan uh, the larger question. But the um, I think that the that whole video ends up kind of being, and if you get a chance. Check check that it's, video. It's out a minute plum. long of just a goose eating grass and then a chicken wandering around. Well, yeah, the, and like they show some bees and I, some grass. Yeah, visually, it's a little abstract. But I thought the thing that that I thought was really interesting about that is when they have the two different um, the two different lyrical 
conversations that are happening at the same time at the end. Well, I but, thought that was but, really interesting because I didn't notice this before. That so on the bot there were there were subtitles for the lyrics on on the video, and um, and what the 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 female Sophia I don't know her last name uh, she's doing the harmonies instead of harmonizing with what he's singing she's singing a different vocal part. Argin. Ah, yes. <clears throat> Bless you. And yeah, she's singing. Uh, she's singing a complete like different words. Yeah, I got that from Kevin. Uh, and I and thought your first name. Sorry, that, that was another Kevin thing. Right, sure. And, no, anyway, no. The, anyway, I I thought that uh, kind of a point counterpoint kind of. It is a little on. bit of a point. It was really interesting. I fucking love that song. Yeah, I like that too. song a lot. It reminds me a little bit of like, and I'm always like the guy who says this. With this, but it's like spoon fronted by Tom York. Oh sure, um, yeah. There's some Tom of that. York. I mean, yeah. his voice just happens to you sound get, like yeah, Tom you York. Get the I don't know you, you. You hate this band, but I, there's a, there's some pavement in there too for me. Like I don't hate bit. pavement. Uh, they just sound like they're they well, can't they, be well. They they can't be bothered. They can't be bothered to tune their guitars. <laughs> <laughs> recording their picks, are too, their picks are too heavy. <laughs> there's some pavement in there too. They have the the Morrissey work ethic of. Uh, uh, let's not get yeah. There there's several is, payment he, songs he, he, I like. I just I'm, I'm not over the moon about payment. I like Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain, and quite a bit. Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain. Yeah, anyway, yeah. right. So and and with regard to the record that we're actually covering, I, I like this record. <laughs> I, I think I would like it even more the more I heard it, uh, with the exception of the last two songs. Oh, the last the la- okay. The, <laughs> I I liked the, the last the second to last song. I just don't need all the jamming. Well, so here's here's a little backstory. This is not on Spotify, so I listened to just like a feed of it on YouTube. So I didn't know the names of any of the songs and apparently there's not like a split between next to last and last song. So I was like sitting in the tub <laughs> with my little Bluetooth speaker and I was like what is this fucking song going to end? It turns out it was two different songs. Yeah, I had the same thing too. But I, I went and um, I, I pulled up a track listing and tried to follow the tracks. Unfortunately, some of the tracks are like minute long or two minute long. Just like like yeah, the stuff that's like four minutes and under, I'm all about. Uh, and, and it is I, like more of a repeated listening kind of thing because it's a little complex. Uh, but I, you know what? But that. Prog stuff at the end. Um, I, I, I liked. I, no I, thanks. I, look, that last, the second to last song. Like, I really didn't like the jamming stuff until I liked the song part, but I didn't like the jamming stuff until I re-listened to it and thought, "Oh, this sounds like Sonic Youth." And once I put that in my head in that context, it changed it for me a little bit. So, um, and that was Ginger, the Trap, which is, or no, the, I guess that was Blue Cloud. Ginger was like two minute, two minutes long of like instrumental stuff. The trap was was like the real only like ballad ballad song, um, mm, and right. that song fucking killed. I thought. Yeah, no, I I do think that like one of the things that you don't expect from a band that's out of the LA garage scene is this are like kind of quiet contemplative moments, and I thought this album had some of that. It doesn't sound like, like garage. Yeah, it doesn't sound like garage to me at all. But I think what he's saying, and and and, and they're pegged as that in that scene. In the reviews that you read about the band, the only sure. song that sounded at all to me like garagey was "Be Karma," which sounded to me like the White Stripes with a with an actual well, okay, rhythm so section. The, well, the um, the guitar riff on that is almost exactly the same as "Driver Eight from well, REM from Fables of the Reconstruction, it, and it's also um, I think "Cinnamon Girl" I think is the the melody. Well, now we have to play it. 
Oh, and the other thing is, I think the clown in that video is the is uh, Homeboy's brother, the the lead singer's brother. I so, haven't seen that video, but now I'm intrigued. Yeah, the lead. Oh, the the that, so does the does he do like clown, does he clown around? Well, for you a should. Living? You, we should probably watch it. You want to watch, watch that children's yeah. parties? And yes. All right. Hey, plays weird art rock. So <laughs> I want to. I want to. I want to listen growth. to this song, but 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 during the break, also, I really want you guys. Before we continue on and talk more about this band, I want us to behind the scenes listen to something okay. of their first record yeah, so sure. we can see how fucking different it is. Okay. But what for are we now, listening to? Uh, now let's do B Karma. Oh, look right there on off to the side. It says Cinnamon Girl. So I don't know. It's like it heard you. Uh huh. say this if it was storyboarded yeah it's one of the most brilliant productions ever like it looks like a it is like the generator of a thousand nightmares (laughs) (laughs) if it's true if you you love clowns if you love clowns that's just about it if you love clowns it's a great video i don't know Well, apparently they they have a uh, mascot which seems to be growing uh in each video because it was like a little tiny baby chick Duck or something, and now it's like a oh, it's a weird convention. So, so this yeah. video a larger, a larger a theme part. from the previous video where they have the subtitles of the lyrics, and Correct. they also have a small animated. Uh, well, it, whenever the, the female the vocals corner. come in, they're in red, which I don't know if that's sexist or not, but uh, but it's so. You I think you're wait a minute creating outrage where none well, exists. Yeah, well, how, why the really fuck does that even? That's <laughs> really just a that was actually karaoke. a joke, fellas. Okay, try to keep up. Okay, I was pretty sure it was a joke, but. Anyway, good song. Uh, yeah, but that that open. I'm, I've heard Driver Eight so many times that like, I never would have thought that in a million years had you not said that. But now, can you not hear it? While we were watching, no, 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 you, I, you brought up pictures of Matchstick Man, which totally hear that melody. Yeah, in yeah it was that melody. Pictures of Matchstick Man in the little in the in that B part and that breakdown a little bit. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, well, and I thought that there there's part of that that. Um, you know, again, like he doesn't always wear his the the Ty Siegel stuff on his sleeve, but that track has a lot of it. Like, yeah, it's I agree very with that. clear. But anyway, Boy, yeah, did he weird write some obtuse lyrics? Yeah, and I kind of appreciate. That's one of the things I actually do appreciate about him because I do like it when lyrics are kind of open to interpretation, and uh, 
Yeah, good luck figuring this one out. No, I like it too, but these are these are just just a little too much. Like as far as like they're just they, a bit outside. <laughs> they're just well, not. Um, they don't really follow the melody. I don't know, but um, I don't know. I don't know. It's not. It's it's not like a deal killer by any stretch of the imagination. They're just. Well, they're like scratch vocals, but more they're, creative. They, well, I mean, it's just I feel like it's the we're, we're talking. There's one. It's what it's literally what they're what he's singing, you know, to himself while they're writing the songs and just writing them down and not ever touching them again. That's what it seems like. I think lyrically, one of the things that struck me just in well, mostly in reading about this album, but also like just you know, it's hard not to kind of take these into account when you're watching the video and they run the lyrics across the bottom is that this record was supposedly born out of a lot of, like, romantic heartbreak. Like, a lot of the tracks were uh, apparently written out of that. But, I mean, to your to your, to your you guys' point, like, yeah, they are, they come off, like, A, they come off a little bit nonsensical, almost, maybe even almost whimsical. A little bit nonsensical? Well, sure. Oh. That, well, yeah, maybe I'm, uh, maybe completely nonsensical, but yeah. Um, but, but it he, also doesn't come off like something that. about like your heart and allude. Yeah, to it's it. not like he's making up his own words or anything. Like we're not getting into like early cocktails. It's not a cigarettes thing. Yeah. Didn't they have, they have a record that was just like parentheses? <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was called. That's yeah. a great record. And it, you know, the weird thing is, is like they actually couldn't put it in a section at the store. They should have lay them all on the floor. <laughs> Um, all right, well, we're probably running a little bit over. Do we want yeah, to let's, do the break? Let's go to the intermission. Okay, let's do it. Uh, so for this week, uh, I want to talk about well, a band that's kind of a collaboration, uh, Broken Bells. Kind of a collaboration. Well, I guess it, it is. It is so, a collaboration between two dudes. Aren't all bands collaborations? Well, it's, it's James Mercer and Danger Mouse, if I'm not uh, mistaken. <laughs> but anyway, there's a song that I'm a fan You're of, welcome. and we'll figure out what the rest of the fellows think. Uh, does have a video, but it's called The High Road. Uh, and as I recall, it's been a little while since I watched it, but there's not a lot going on. But I do like. So that's kind of par for the course of. Two of the videos we've seen tonight. It's like, here's something I saw once. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. I think there's something going on. Oh, hell, Chewbacca. All right. Garden sorting out She curls her lips on the bar 
I stand corrected. Um, there's, there's a little bit going on in that video. A little. <clears throat> yeah. For whatever reason, I, I guess I only watched it once, and I, I may have been a bit um, intoxicated. Uh, I just remembered them walking around. Uh, but there's there's more than that. I mean, that's mostly what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. But but other things happen in the they, periphery. Like, fight a kid. He, yeah, know, James Mercer fights a kid, and then there's a horse standing in the middle of the road. Car, there's a, I was kind of a burlesque dancer. dancer. Yeah, she's like dressed up like Madonna in 1989. I was uh, kind of wondering if it was the same road from that uh, Tom Petty video that we watched a few weeks ago. Could be. Could yeah. be. It just evolved a little bit. Yeah. So. Not that much, though. Well, still surreal. Yes. Well, that's true. <laughs> yes, it definitely was. <laughs> what a great fucking song. Uh, Dude, that song. song. You and I have never talked about that, but I, I, I can't get enough of it. And you're I, right. That coda, that coda is, is amazing. Brilliant. And, and it's almost impossible to not sing along with. Oh, I was too. singing along with I was, too. I yeah. was. And plus... Well, part of the reason is like you have all this stuff going on, and then and then just those lyrics are so perfect, and it it just comes out of nowhere. It's sort of like a Layla. In fact, he like there's well, a, there's, Layla, the best part of Layla is the coda. It's the best part is the coda. Look, I love codas, like well done codas, as much as I hate fucking the saxophone I, I, and most rock people songs. know what a coda is, but it's the part of the the last part of the song that's kind of tacked on that's different. That's different, right? Um, yeah, that shit. And also, they, they, the, I never noticed until right now how the piano playing. Like, there's there's some there's some Layla. There's some kind of percussive, like A little syncopated, syncopated. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, I had never noticed that before. Kevin, what'd you think? Eh, no, I thought it was great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, could, I needed to hold that for a beat, but no, I I I um, I'm exactly with you guys. I thought that song's. I, I do think that song's terrific, and it's it is. It's one of those where it just. Um, it grabs you a little bit uh, by the moment, and you can't – you really, like, almost, like, without knowing that you're doing it, it's kind of hard not to sing along with it. You know, th- th- those two guys – I mean, James Mercer ex- – I don't know much about Dan- Danger Mouse. No. Now, James Mercer obviously is a Well, he, he's done a lot of production work, but, yeah, but, but like, really interesting stuff. Like, he first came up – when he um, – God, I forget how long ago this – maybe 2003 um, – when he took um, – Jay-Z's The Black Album and The Beatles' White Album and then combined them, did a mashup, and they called it The Gray Album, and that that was his first, like, claim to fame. But he's done other stuff. He's worked with a ton of people. Like, I know that he – a couple of years – Did you say Gnarls Barkley? Mark brought it up. Yeah, he was – I was going to say, and that was was the second real big claim to fame. He was one half of Gnarls Barkley. Um, And then he also did a lot of production work. Um, A couple of years ago, he fucking put out a – like the entire record was like a, um, it was like 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 uh, spaghetti western music, like oh, oh like uh, Ennio like Morricone, it, Morricone, like, right? Yeah. And he did he did a lot of the recording with the people that um, that actually recorded on a lot of those like soundtracks, like Good, Bad, and the Ugly, and that uh, stuff. That's cool. And also, he's a drummer. He's a, just a yeah. He's got a lot going Apparently on. Apparently, his real name is Brian. That is true. Yeah, because but, <laughs> I found that out because he, he he would joke around how the 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 Italian musicians when he went to record that spaghetti western they would call him Brian Brian. Brian. <laughs> nice, <laughs> but yeah, can I? I just want to say accepting, like so that guy pretty much his 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 resume is pretty fucking spotless, and then you put him with James Mercer who accepting the last Shins record. 
which I absolutely hated, but there's a return to form on the most recent one, which um, uh, has a horrible name. God, what is the It's something about I don't recall what it is, but I've, I've listened to a bunch of Shins, and I feel about the Shins the same way I do about Death Cab for Cutie. Like, when they nail it, they really oh, nail no, it. Oh, no, no, no. And a bunch of it is kind of like, eh, I, 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 feel, I feel a lot the same way about that, except I think that they're a really good repeated listening full album band. Um, Could be. I've owned a couple. and like James I, I, Mercer's vocals for me, that, that's my sweet spot. Oh, like, I, yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I used to. I used to no, sing. Even, even on too. songs guy, that I'm not that crazy about, singing. he always sounds great. Yeah, the guy could be singing like a fucking toilet phone paper book. jingle. I've yeah. really, and, and I would go for it. I Just, used to say about that band, like, uh, you know, um, I had friends that loved them. And, the Shins. The Shins. And um, I, I always say, well, I don't love them, but I really like them. And, I saw them. Uh, but I love them now. I saw them on, like, the, the inside stage at Stubbs. It was it was probably like, and this is not me trying to be cool. It's just a thing. But uh-huh. the, mm. the show was packed, but anyway, it was before they'd kind of become the Shins or whatever. Oh, I was with and you at that show, dude. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I think I was. Yeah. Anyway, uh, like in 2000, they were, they were a great maybe? live show, and I met a couple of those guys afterwards, and they couldn't have been nicer and more humble or whatever. Maybe they're dicks now, but uh, <laughs> I doubt it. Well, wow. they tend they tend to like. They tend to like doing uh, pop-up shows during South by Southwest and odd places. They've they've done like parking garages. Well, and if I'm not wrong, if I'm not mistaken, he's pretty much replaced that entire band. Um, James Mercer has. Yeah. Oh, but so I could be wrong. But um, after the well, incident, I've, I've could s- be I've, that the couple guys I met are working day jobs. Now, yeah. So. I, well, he said before, like those are my songs, and this is the band that I hire to play my songs, or something around along those lines. Like, less dickish, but but still kind of a dick. So, so isn't like that a, why you called your band Shane Bartell rather than a thing? So yes. You could have control. Of it? I mean, that makes it, perfect no, no, sense. no control control over it. But it, but it's a, that's a whole other conversation, my friend. All right. Well, let's get back into it. Hey, you ever wondered what would uh, what would it sound like if uh, the Melvins were fronted by Tom York? <laughs> I mean that this. I mean Shane, you've been saying grungy, uh, or you've been no, saying metally. But this is more grunge, like you know, I don't freaking, know. There's like, there, there's de- that that terms like that sounds like they detuned their instruments. I've seen fucking metal shows. So for context, like before we when we came out of the intermission, we all just took a moment to listen to a previous album, Golem, by uh, by yeah, Ron. we listened to a couple tracks. So that's what and we're it's just about this now. heavy sludgy guitar with a guy who, for all the world, to me, sounds like Tom York. Right. Well, There's and some Shane, psychedelic rock on top of that. I think the first song is a little more psychedelic rock. That we listen to t- parts of two different songs. Yeah. Like there's some will, swirly stuff in there. Well, and I will say that, like you know, again, using it's the not like fucking mastodon, using that uh, that Ty Siegel connection that we talked about a little bit in the first half of the show. Like it is that the tracks that we listened to off their initial record just now were not like they're just like slower and more deliberate and super heavy. And so, uh, you know, to that to that end, that's where I was getting the Melvins thing. Though. Yeah, yeah, I get what I you're saying it. about the Melvins. Like, like definitely it's with sludgy, the, sludgy. Sure, sure. It's just not. Um, 
It does not sound like it the band that we've been It doesn't sound like the band about. we've been and, and that was only two years ago. I mean, it, that's it basically like, how is that the same band? Like, well, it's not because they added two you know other the, people. The other thing that I was thinking about this week as I was listening to this record, like, um, Elephant Six, like, in spots. Like, I mean, it's kind of all over the map. Yeah. I mean, it, no, it I all pretty that. much works. But, like, there was some Elephant Six stuff, and that, what we just listened to would not be affiliated. No, the, the, the people that, that made the music, what we just listened to, would go over and, like, beat up the people the in people Elephant Six. The people in Elephant Six. six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Elephant Six being a collective of, like, largely poppy kind of weird. Six Beach Boys. Yeah. Yeah, Beatlesque, uh, like, Mostly '90s, I guess. Yeah, uh, apples and I'm stereo. Just, I'm just mm-hmm. picture. I'm trying to picture that guy in in the old Ford or whatever it was from that video, and his brother in the clown outfit, like playing this Making music that, that music? we just listened to. You. Yeah, uh, they they have evolved. Well, and again, it's like part of that. Change. I wouldn't say like, evolved. I would say changed. I'm well, sorry. Evolved. Change is fair. Saying. Like I, I guess what I would say is that like, you know. If you're putting, there's a difference between putting out a record every six months and then taking two years to try and do something that that has a finer point to it. Like it feels uh, like well, I, can, I can hear the effort. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, look, that's why I wanted you guys to fucking listen to that shit. But I, 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 everything that you're saying right now, but there's there's a difference between taking two years to polish songs and completely making your band sound in. Zero ways like the band it was before. Uh, 180 degree turn turnaround. Uh, well, and I, you know, and I wonder how much of that is just taking the like turning this sure. seeding seeding some collaborative effort. Absolutely. Well, I, that's partially got to be it, and partially like taking the time too, to to just grow as an artist. I mean, you know, yeah. Maybe it's just me, but I would say that I I was able, having listened to both of these albums, I was able to draw some connections there. Uh, there's a little bit of that grunginess in some of the prog rock type of stuff. Yeah, I plum. agree with that. And you, and it's not like all traces of it are gone. I don't think that that's the case at all. But, sure. But there are. But those there are, are definitely quiet moments. Those are. Other thing. There, there are definite connections, but those threads are gossamer, in my opinion. Yeah. I just find it fascinating. Um, you don't often see bands ha- with such a distinct Distinctive style, say like, fuck it, crumple it's it up. Like if, if the the Cure in like 1988 had decided to do a funk record next, <laughs> that is exactly <laughs> that is exactly what it's like. Yeah, or all of a sudden, like if you had like Nine Inch Nails, like the next record they did was all banjo and mandolin. Yeah, <laughs> something like that, you know. Although yeah, I would pay to see that show. <laughs> like that would, I, that would like, have been fascinating. Well, I think you I, do look, like a, a kind of countrified version of I want to. What was it? Was it uh, closer? Yes, um, I do. Fuck you, like an animal. Well, that's what it would sound uh, like. Yeah, <laughs> it's not nice. Shall we listen to another one, fellas? Off the new. We want to yeah. listen to one of the new, the new, the newbies. Yeah. So, um, well, do you guys have? So I I picked a couple of tracks already, and I have a couple more that that I'm drawn to, but. I, you know what do you what do you think? Shane, I would you, love you to love listen it. to the trap. Um, okay, let's do that. It's very different from what we listened to before. Caught in a trap, lost one after that, fleeing in the snow, never going home. 
I guess we, a, we've I got just, a cassette tape that's spilling out. I just always thought uh, uh, the Kathy Ireland look of dull surprise was our mascot. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's her resting face. <laughs> that sounds pretty great. I've never, ever even considered that before in my entire life. But that's really, whatever happened to Kathy Ireland? I don't know. She's I don't know. Still squeaky. Shane, what you got for us this week? Phoebe Bridgers. Motion sickness. Great, and I was like, uh, "Did that video kill her? Is that what?" I, I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Video. Yeah. Also, did she overcome the video? Because it didn't seem the lyrics when she first got up there were not the same lyrics as she was singing. And by the end, that's they true. were. She that walked into a karaoke, karaoke bar, Kevin. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. I see. But it, but it ended up with the last line of her song. She was overwhelmed by her emotional motion sickness. Which, what a great fucking line. Dude, I was really trying to find the great. lyrics to that because, like, when I – I mean, I've only heard it once, so I can't quote them. Uh, you could. Yes, unfortunately, yeah. there was no – There's a lot of good – no uh, subtitles on that. So I've been – that's been my – I would say no in the doubt. last in the last month and a half, two months, That's that album that that song comes off of is probably second in line of what I've been listening to. That but, song's great. Yeah, well, really that, great. Okay, well, well and you know me, like I don't normally notice lyrics unless they're uncommonly good or uncommonly bad. And then you know, like if I listen to the song enough, I'll finally notice them or whatever. I notice those right away. Like she can, she's a, she's a right. That's her. That's, she can write. So the rest of her album, that is by far the most upbeat song on that record. And that record reminded me – it reminds me a lot of um, Julian Baker oh. who just turns out as one of the people that like is one of her biggest proponents and like, like a yeah, huge Yeah, they fan. should tour and, together. I would go uh, to I'm pretty that. sure they have. Okay. I'm pretty sure they've played a lot of shows together or a couple shows. She's in L.A., so – Phoebe Bridgers is. But yeah, so the other thing I want to say about the song is every time I hear it, it makes me think of like um, – if she, if the way that the song is produced, if it had come out in 1997, it would have been like it's got a huge like Sarah McLaughlin kind of. Oh, it does. The she'd stuff, have been, the um, stuff she'd been in Lilith it. Fair. Yeah, she would have been a, like a star on Lilith Fair. That's yeah. yeah. The, so if you know the way she's singing and all, it, like it, it literally could have come out of 1997. But it, it's a great, great song, and I wanted to share it with you guys. 
Yeah, and also really great. I have a feeling we're going to hear more of so this. More of that okay, song. so this is about where I started paying attention to the lyrics because you did point out that like it would be annoying to be behind her in traffic because she's on like a little kid's scooter. She's on a little kid's razor scooter. Oh, and, 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 and all, you know they didn't block off traffic to to make that. Like, well, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they did. There was only the one car. But 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 the thing that I that I love the most about that I've watched this video a couple of times. That is a little unnerving. It does look like she died right there. Um, it, she, she, she kicks, she does a back kick with her, with her right leg or her left leg to like stop the scooter at one point on the sidewalk. So, you know, she's been riding that for, she's only like 21 or 21 or 22. She was born in 94, which makes me feel old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of the things I noticed about this is that she's, she's like the persona in the video. She's trying to play this unaffected kind of person, but she's obviously having a good time. Scooting around on that thing, you can well, see she's her having like a good break time, a but smile. She knows how to times. do it. But this is about where I started painting. It's the lyrics. a really so sad I can, record. I did find them. Uh, I have emotional motion sickness. Somebody roll the windows down. There are no words in the English language. I could scream to drown you out. And so apparently she's dating a musician. And why do you sing with an English accent? I guess it's too late to change, change it, it now. now. Yeah, that's a great. I line. know I'm never gonna let you have it, but I will try to drown you out. Like she's yeah. in a dysfunctional relationship with. A well, if you listen to the rest of the record, there's some songs. It, it's a sad, sad, sad record, but um, but it's beautiful. Oh, an older musician. You said when you met me, you were bored, uh, and you were in a band when I was born. You know what, Ryan? I enjoyed hearing her sing those lyrics. Oh, a lot better than me <laughs> than you reciting them. Yeah. I'm going to do it in a slam poetry style. Where's next. the where's the ringtone? <laughs> <I have. laughs> Emotional. You, you met me. Motion sickness. <laughs> Emotional sickness. sickness. Hey, it only took us to the 50 minute mark to break the show this week. <laughs> All right. Uh, who's got next week? I do. What you got for us? The Cure Blood Flowers. Oh what? my goodness. Oh, hell. Okay. <laughs> How did it was? I never listened to it, and it was supposed to be the album that they regained their form on. So I'd be curious to see if that's true. I just sounded like he opened a Christmas yeah, wait, present that he can't go, quite how, figure wow, out what it is. What did you say? Like, wow, hey, I, I'm a microwave. I don't ears, know, but like, I haven't heard a Cure song it came, since Wish it, it that came, I liked. It came out in 1999, and I know nothing about the record. Um, I, I love 80s other, Cure uh, and a little bit of early 90s. I'm looking forward but to it. Well, other than the fact that it I'm was... I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> I hope you listen to it. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, we'll do the we'll do the, the, the Cure Blood Flowers. So, until then... Good times, everybody. I'm Kevin. I'm Ryan. I'm Shane. I'm Mark. This is Somebody Likes It. Yeah.